band or praise team, they're very talented, but they've got a heart for God as well. It's not just a bit talent, they do have a heart to worship God, which is greater than talent, to be honest. I'm going to read some verses from the Bible. I don't profess in any way to be a mind reader. I know you're all thinking, I hope he's not going to belong because there's a whole bunch of nice looking food at these tables and I'm longing to get stuck into that. Okay. I don't take offense and we thank Chris and Emily and the family for what they've provided today. In a short time, you will be able to enjoy the delights of such. But I'm reading from the Word of God in the Old Testament, 2 Samuel chapter 1. I mean, the first 16 verses, I'm reading from the New International Version today. It should come up on the screen. After the death of Saul, David returned from defeating the Amalekites and stayed in Ziklag two days. On the third day, a man arrived from Saul's camp with his clothes torn and with dust on his head. When he came to David, he fell to the ground to pay him honor. Where have you come from? David asked him. He answered, I've escaped from the Israelite camp. What happened? David asked, tell me. He said, the men fled from the battle. Many of them fell and died, and Saul and his son Jonathan are dead. Then David said to the young man who brought him the report, how do you know that Saul and his son Jonathan are dead? I happened to be on Mount Gilboa, the young man said, and there was Saul leaning on his spear with the chariots and riders almost upon him. When he turned around and saw me, he called out to me, and I said, what can I do? He asked me, who are you? An Amalekite, I answered. And he said to me, stand over me and kill me. I am in the throes of death, but I'm still alive. So I stood over him and killed him, because I knew that after he had fallen, he could not survive. And I took the crown that was on his head and the band in his arm, and I brought them here to my Lord. Then David and all the men who with him took hold of the clothes and tore them. They mourned and wept and fasted till evening for Saul and his son Jonathan, and for the army of the Lord and the house of Israel, because they had fallen by the sword. David said to the young man who brought him the report, Where are you from? I'm the son of an alien, an Amalekite, he answered. David asked him, Why were you not afraid to lift your hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? Then David called one of his men and said, Go strike him down. So he struck him down and he died, for David had said to him, Your blood be on your own head, your own mouth testified against you. When you said, I killed the Lord's anointed. We have been going through a series from based on scriptures that say on the third day, or reference to the third day, they've all got a contextual implication, but they've also got a broader point that we can live in and apply to our lives today. And this is one of them, and it's third day, living in honor. Now, I recognize that this is, though a serious moment of dedication, it's celebratory, it's wonderful, it's rejoicing and gift of God, and it's great food. And this passage doesn't quite fit in a celebratory type tone. I understand that, but I believe those principles that we can apply here are something that we can learn from this passage, which does help us when it comes to honor them, we can celebrate after with the food. Honour, I don't know about you, honour is something, and I've grown up in the west of Scotland, it, 
it's quite foreign culture to where I was brought up in. I live basically in, I don't know if it's just the west of Scotland, where it seems to be a national thing that we're more into this country pulling down than we are speaking up. We like to kind of pull people, even if you look at most of our humor, it is negative humor. It is kind of making a fool of bringing down and pulling down. People were not really that great in a sense of the other thing of pushing up or honoring people. But I think God is. I think God is more into pushing up than pulling down. And the background to this story or the context of this story is that Saul has been fighting and he's king. And though David is like chosen by God to be next king, he's been anointed and he's going to become the next king of Israel. And Saul is away fighting the Philistines. If you know anything about the Old Testament, you know that Israel was on a regular basis fighting the Philistines. And here they were fighting them again. And Saul dies. At the end of the previous chapter, it finishes with Saul in battle. Philistines are winning. Saul's three sons are dead. Saul is severely wounded. And he looks out and he says, there's no hope for me. And it's a recognition of rather than fall into the Philistine hands, who will do goodness knows what to me, I, I just want to die. I'd rather die myself. So he falls on his own sword and comes himself and he recognizes all hope while winning the battle and for my life is gone. While meanwhile, back at the ranch, David is just in Ziklag having fighting his own battles. He's been there for a couple of days. And then on the third day, this young man arrives on the scene and he falls to the ground and he pays David honor and respect and he brings them news of Saul's demise. And if you look at the context of the story, the only thing the young guy got right was an act of honor to David. Everything else about him was quite wrong. And if we look at it here, there's lessons we can learn about honor. God is into honor. Honor. God wants honor. God deserves the highest honor himself. We've sung that just now in that song that we sang. But God is into honor. And God, honor is respect. If you look at the dictionary, it says to hold in great respect, hold in high esteem, have high regard for, esteem, respect, admire, defer to, think highly of. And in the first instance, God gets the greatest honor in our lives. And Paul was writing to Timothy, almost like a benediction. And he says this, Now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. That's 1 Timothy 1.17. And Jesus once told, taught his disciples a lesson. He had to teach his disciples an awful lot of lessons because they were not the brightest people on planet Earth. But this day, they were saying, they looked at him and said, Teach us how to pray. And they say, well, when you're praying, this is what you say. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And that's esteeming, respecting the name of God, recognizing it's holy, it's sanctif uh, sanctified, holy, revered. But Albert Barnes, a Presbyterian minister, American theologian of the 19th century, so I never knew him personally. So there's one or two in here who might have, but that's not going to go there today. He says, what that means is, let thy name be celebrated and venerated and esteemed as holy everywhere. 
and receive of all men proper honor. So God's name is to be honored. He deserves the highest honor and praise that we can give. And let me just suggest that if you acknowledge that God exists in any way at all, then you would have no problem recognizing that he deserves the highest honor and the praise above anybody else. And we honor God. And it's great to say we honor God and he deserves the highest honor. What does that mean in practice? Well, it means a lot of things. It basically means we're putting him first in everything we do. Today, it, uh, we've had an example of putting him regarding our children first. Chris and Emily are honoring God with Ellie today. It's a fat child we recognize as a gift from God, rightfully yours, and we are coming back to you, God, and says we are honoring you by dedicating her back to you. We are putting you first. We are putting you first by recognizing that she is from you and we give her back to you. So in our children, we need to put God first. We are putting him first. The Bible talks about, in our finance, putting him first. We honor God by giving to him what the Bible teaches us we should. Proverbs 3 says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. And honoring with our finance is not just about giving, it's about being good stewards with what he gives us as well. We honor him with our families, we honor him with our giving, we honor him with our time by putting him first, we honor him with our talent, we honor him with our bodies. Paul writing to the Romans, this says, I beseech you by the mercy of God, present your bodies as living sacrifices, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable worship service, whatever version you use. It's like putting God first with what we are. And one Thessalonians says, learn to control your own bodies in such a way that it's holy and honorable to God. God deserves the highest honor. However, we need to honor others as well. Yes, it's great. We honor God and we choose to honor God. He's easy. But some people, not all, but some people, that can be tough. Nobody here, I understand, but as soon as we go out these doors, we will meet some people who it's hard to respect and honor. But the Bible clearly teaches us in various ways we need to live in honor. Romans 13 says, give to everyone what you owe them, pay taxes to government, etc. It says, give respect and honor to those who are in authority. As Christians and people who live in the third day, God's into honor, I mean to honor those in authority in our nation, whether you voted for them or not. We need to honor parents. Exodus 20, quoted again, Ephesians 6, it's great when you're a child to ask your father not to exasperate you or to provoke you to anger. I used that a few times with my dad. Though he did come back and say, well, if you read just before that in Ephesians, it says, honor your father and your mother. Okay, that you may live long in the land that I'm giving you. It's actually the first commandment with a promise that God gave to his people in the Old Testament. If you honor your parents, then I'll give you a long life, is basically what he's saying. So God is into honor. And I've never read in the Bible where it says, and once you become 21, you can stop honoring your parents. Or when you come to, let me get my kids' ages right here so that I can speak to them. <laughs> it doesn't mean as long as you're alive and as long as they're alive, the Bible teaches that we need to live in honor of our parents. I'll throw it out there. Widows. It says, those are really widows indeed. It says in 1 
Timothy 5, honor widows who are truly widows. And it means truly widows, those of no empty to look after or help them. We have a responsibility to honor them by looking after them. The weaker members in our body, so to speak. Paul gives an illustration in 1 Corinthians 12. And he talks about the church being like a body with different parts, with different functions. And he talks about we're all, all the high profile, in your face, face people. Some are just little parts of insignificant parts. It's amazing how important insignificant is. If you didn't have your thumb, it'd be incredible, difficult for you to do a lot of stuff that you do. But he says this. Those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Those parts which we think have deserve less honor are actually the ones we need to give special honor to. We need to honor the behind-the-scenes people. Thank God for what we did last night. It's people who would never ask to be honored, never ask to be in your face, up for them, but we as a church believe in honor because God's into honor. We need to honor our bosses as well, count them worthy of all honor, 1 Timothy 6. What does that mean? It means stop pinching stuff, stop short type keeping, and stop taking a sickie when you don't need to. This is so uplifting, isn't it? <laughs> Honor everyone. Peter, Paul gives a lot of, uh, when he's writing, he gives different examples. Peter sums it up in his first Peter 2, he says, Honor everyone. Love your Christian brothers and sisters. Fear God. Respect the King. Honor everyone. Not just the pals or the folk who are nice to you. We need to live with a culture of honor in the house. Meanwhile, back to the passage. You knew we'd get there somewhere. This guy comes, and in a sense, this young man, and he comes and pays David a bit of honor. He goes down before him. But his motive is not right. His heart is not right. Look, if you know the Bible, he makes up a story about Saul. Saul asked me to kill him. So I did. Sounds good, doesn't it? If the king asks you to do something, yeah, I'll do it. And he comes and he bows down and says, I brought this stuff to you, David. You're the man. You're the man. You're my king. I'm, I'm just falling prostrate. I want to honor you. You're the man, David. You, wow, wow. Saul, Saul, he's gone and I killed him. And, and, and I killed Saul, so you're now king. You're, you're the guy and I'm honoring you. You're my lord. You're my king. I'm coming to honor you. I'm giving you his crown and all the rest of it. I'm giving this stuff. You are, you are king. You are lord. Doesn't matter. Saul's gone. You're the man. But his motive was wrong. It was honoring to get. It's honoring what's to give, it was to get. Listen, honor is never about getting, it's always about giving. It's about giving, not getting honor. And Romans 17 says, on and honor, prefer one another. Honor one another above yourselves. Take delight in honoring each other. Outdo one another, showing honor. Give preference to one another. I'm not talking about being stupid about it. But I think we need to learn the lesson of people who give honor to people, give respect to people. Honor is respect. But honor relates to people as well. It's okay saying I'm an honorable person. If you don't honor people, you're not. David says, no, there's something not right here. There's something not right about this guy. He says, you're coming to me and you're saying that you're coming to honor me, but I know that you're not a person of honor. 
You're not an honorable person. You're not a person who honors. Have you not read the Bible? It says, it says, don't touch my anointed ones. Don't my prophets no harm. It's as if he said, have you not read that? It says, what you done to Saul was not good. What you're saying you've done to Saul is not good. You've come to me with an attitude which just wants to get something from me, and you're coming in a false guise of honor, and it's false honor, because I want to tell you, this is paraphrased, but this is the gist of what David said. You know what? If you're not read that the Bible says that you shouldn't have touched God's anointed, and it doesn't matter what you, what you believe in, it doesn't matter what you think you're doing, if you've done something which is contrary to the word of God, that is not honoring God, and you need to live with an honor of God. And listen, he said, I know that he's no whatever that God wants him to be. I know that his days are numbered. I I know I'm the next king. I know that God's hands on me. I know that Saul's not, he's fallen away in many ways, that he's not what he should be. He's not what God wants him to be. He's not the person I would like him to be. He's not the person that you would like him to be. But listen, I want to tell you, he's still God's anointed. God's hand is on him. He says, I'm not just teaching it. I'm walking the walk as well. He says, I'm not touching him. You should have known not to do harm to him. You're dishonoring me. By that, what you did to him. Don't say you honor me if you're dishonoring him. And listen, I know what he's like. And I'll tell you, young man, he says, I could have killed him twice. He's bad-mouthing me. He's out to get me. He's doing bad stuff about me. He's saying terrible things about me. He's actually trying to kill me. I've had to hide in caves to get away from him. But you know what? There's no way that I'm killing him because I recognize that I'm not the person. It's God he has to deal with. And it doesn't matter what his attitude is towards me. I'm not responsible for his attitude towards me. And people can diss me and he can diss me. He can bad mouth me. He can be out to get me. But I want to tell you, I'm living in a higher standard because I'm living in an honoring principle. And it doesn't matter what he does to me, I choose to honor him. I choose to honor him because by honoring him, I'm honoring God. And I want to live my life bringing honor and glory to God. And I choose to do what not he's doing. I don't care what he's doing. His attitudes, his responsibility. He can do his dirties, but I'm going to still do the best. And he's even said, even some of my friends would tell me, you need to kill him. And there was times I had a chance. He says, and there's once, he didn't say this, but this is what happened. He was in a cave and I, I could have, but I just tore a bit of cloth off his garment, off his clothes, so that I could show him how close I was to killing him and you know what he says I feel it really bad that I even done that that's how much honor is in me I shouldn't have even have done that that was bad of me because you know what that's not what I am I'm a person of honor and I'm not a person of dishonor and I should not even have cut a bit off that just so I could tell him that I, killed, I could have killed him no I'm choosing to honor him and young man how dare you touch God's anointed how dare you do what you said you've done it's a lie, anyway, because he made it up to honor him. Because if you read the story beforehand, Saul was dying, and even his armor bearer said, well, you kill me. And his armor bearer says, no, I'm not going to do that. So Saul said, well, I'll kill myself. So this guy was making up stories just to get honor and glory. But David says, no, I'm not going to do go down that line. I'm not honoring you because you're dishonoring. You're a dishonoring person. And I want to tell you, God doesn't honor dishonor. God honors this one. And I want to tell you a broader point you could have said to you, young man. You would read the story, it was a young man. I'll tell you what, I don't care. You might think that Saul was a previous generation. You might think he's past it over hell. But I want to tell you, I don't care. We don't diss the previous generation. We honor the previous generation. We respect the previous generation. We thank God for previous generations. We are where we are today because of the previous generations. And we're not living a dissing old people, getting rid of old people, dissing them, saying they're finished. If they're still part of life on this planet here, God's still got a purpose and a plan for them. And we're going to esteem them. We're going to honor them. We're going to respect them. 
and they might be the previous generation, they might not, but what we are, and we don't want to live in what they are, we want to live in the now and what we are, but I tell you what, some young man, I don't care that you think he's past it, I don't care, he's still alive, God's hands on him, it's up to God to do what he does with him, but as long as people are here, we respect, we honour the generations that are gone before him, we honour our older people, we respect them, young man, how dare you touch God's anointed, how dare you do what you shouldn't do. Because listen, self-honor and seeking self-honor is destructive. And he sought self-honor here, and it was the end of his day. If you read the story of Esther, Haman was trying to dishonor God's people, and then the king said to him, set a trap, the king says to him, hey, what should I do to the man that I want to honor? And he thought it was him, and he said, oh, you do all these great things. And then he said, oh, great, it's Mordecai, not you. And it ended up that he, listen, Mordecai was honored. Haman was hung on the gallows he prepared for Mordecai. He chose, he thought, I'm going to get honor. He lived wanting honor. And what happened? He got destroyed on what he was trying to rob from somebody else. See what you take and try to take from somebody else in honor or whatever. Tell you what, it's going to destroy you. Because we are not people who do that. And God's hand is not on that. God wants to honor us. But we do that by honoring others. Not seeking our own honor. Not seeking to dishonor. Listen church, we need to live with a culture of honor in the house. Chris and Emily have honored God today. I'll tell you what. Honor respects. Honor relates. But honor rewards. Because the Bible says, those who honor me. I will honor. God has set that in motion. And I want to tell you, God is smiling on Chris and Emily today. And we can't see it tangibly, but because they have honored God today, I want to tell you in authority of the word of God, God says, I will honor them. God is into honor. And even though we're talking about a king here, an anointed, and you're talking about, oh, he's just talking about leaders. I'm not just talking about, I'm talking about everyone. Because the Bible says in Revelation that he's made us kings and priests. When Paul was writing to Corinthian church, he says, even now it is God who makes both you and us stand firm. He has anointed us. Listen, we are the anointed of God. And we're not just talking about souls and kings and leaders. We are talking about God's people. And God is saying, you know what? Uh, I want to smell down on those who honor me. David says to this young man, how dare you? He says, he might not be everyone, but you know what? He's made in the image of God. And everybody on planet Earth is made in the image of God. They've got a God bit there within them, just waiting to be awakened and developed and flying. But we are called not to diss them. We are called to up them. We are called to up, talk, up, do everything good for them. We are called to honor them. And I want to tell you this morning, you live a life of honor. You're living under the favor and honor of God in your life. David honored Saul. This young man lived dishonorably. He died. He was destroyed. David honored Saul. And it says this of David. He died a good old age, having enjoyed long life and a life of wealth and honor. He lived a life of wealth and honor. And then Solomon came after him, and Solomon honored the king. And then God asked Solomon, what do you want for life? 
what do you want? What do you want? And they say, well, I need wisdom just to, gov- to govern your people. God basically says to them, okay, do you know what? Because you've not asked for honor for yourself, you've asked for wisdom to help others, this is what is going to happen. And they said a lot of things, but part of it is this, and I'm going to give you honor such as no king has ever had before you, and no king ever will have after you, because you're choosing to honor God and honor God's people. And because of that, you're going to be rewarded with honor beyond anybody that's ever lived on planet Earth and kingdom. This morning, guys, this is a day of honor. This is a weekend we've had honor last night. We honor people, and by honoring people, we honor God. My heart is that we develop an even greater culture of honoring. And it's not just people we like. It's people who are not what we want them to be. People who diss us. David says, he's my biggest enemy. He's my biggest foe. He's my biggest enemy. There's nothing naturally that I would want better for him to go than for me to step into my next phase in God. But you know what? I'm not going to do anything dishonorable to make that happen. I'm going to honor him. And young man, you're out of order. Young man, you're out of order to think that you've got a right to dishonor who God's hands on. And he was punished. I don't know about you, I don't know about me, but I want to live a life which honors God. And I want to live in a culture and have a culture which honors people. I want to be a people person who honors people. That's talking them up, that's respecting them, that's not pulling them down, that's saying good things. Because honors talking them up, speaking life, speaking encouragement. The band are going to come up now. Honor is respecting others above yourself. Honor is relating to others. It's great to honor God. It's great to sing songs that honor God. He's dead easy. This morning, maybe you know you've dishonored people. Maybe you've been in a place where you've, you've not shown or you've not related honor to people in the way that you should have. There's no condemnation in the house. But you can take a moment and say, I was wrong. Father, please forgive me. And here's the good news. When we genuinely repent, God genuinely forgives. He wipes the slate clean. And then we can move on to begin to live a life of greater culture, greater honor. Because I want to tell you, he who honors God, God will honor. Not because you want to get honor, but because you have a heart which honors God. And honoring God is also honoring people. Even the people you don't want to honor, it's giving them respect. It's putting them before yourself. It's not being stupid about it, but it's saying, how can I honor that person? How can I respect that person? If you can stand, can you please stand for a moment? If not, it's no problem. just for a moment before the band plays this song if you've dishonored people hey maybe you need to go and say sorry to them I don't know but at the very least you just say sorry to God Lord I'm sorry maybe you felt you've dishonored God in some way and you have and when we think what God did 
God honored us so much that he sent his son to die a cruel death for us. He was prepared to put us before even his son in the sense that I'm prepared to sacrifice my son if it means they gain my reward and my forgiveness. There's no greater honor than that, that he paid the ultimate price for, to honor us in that way. And in light of that and in view of that, how can we not say, Lord, this morning we devote ourselves to honor you. We honor you, Lord. And the third day this man came and learned the lesson of honor, that he should be living in honor and not dishonoring, and not honoring who he wants, just living a life of honoring people and honoring God's people and honoring God. Third day living is learning to honor, honor God and honor people. In the view of all that he has done for us, let us take a moment and say, Lord, I, I make a decision today to live a life of honoring you. There might be areas I've spoke about, family issues, finance, talent, time, just the way we use our bodies. There might be some areas in which we have dishonored God. Where you are, just repent, say, Lord, I'm sorry, but today I want to live in third day honor where I'm honoring you with every aspect that you're putting your finger on. Above all, we want to honor you and honor people because we thank you for all that you've done for us. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted. You were condemned. And I'm alive and well. Your spirit lives within me because you died and rose again. Amazing love, how can it be that you might keep
tell you, honouring God and honouring people is not a grudge, it's not a hardship, it's not a sad thing, it's a joy to honour God and to honour people. Because God's full of joy. In His presence, the Bible says, there's fullness of joy. And we think, oh no, honouring people, putting others first, putting God first, putting others before ourselves is a bad thing. We used to sing an old Sunday school song called J-O-Y, J-O-Y. Surely this must mean Jesus first, yourself last, and others in between. And it was, you get joy by putting Jesus first, others next, and then you after that. And we've just sang, it's my joy. Tony, let's sing that again. Let's say, Lord, I commit a life to honouring you. And I thank you, there's joy in honouring you. It's not a hardship. It's not something we have to do. It's something we get to do to honour you and to honour people. And we're going to be people who take joy in honouring our God and honouring others. In Jesus' name. Amazing love. Amazing love. finished. 
and practically how this is going to work, I don't know. I think some people go there for your food. Some people go there for your food. But listen, I want to tell you, these guys are putting an incredible amount of effort and work into this. And I think before we, we'll give thanks and then we're going to thank God for them and show appreciation to them. Thank you, Father, for those who have sacrificed and, and honored us by providing yes. food. Bless the food to us. Bless our time together around it. But it was sweet and honoring to you. And we just pray that as they have honored us and honored you in the process, you will honor them for what they have done. Now let us show our appreciation and honor them for what they have provided by just giving them the greatest round of applause that we can ever give them. You're my king. You're my king. 